Hey, welcome to episode 32 of the Draft Champions podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and uh, I got no one with me tonight because, frankly, I'm sick of hearing people talk about why we should cancel the fantasy baseball season. Since that's what I'm going to talk about today, I just don't want this to be an argument back and forth for two hours. I want to get through this um, definitely less than one hour, hopefully half an hour, a little short episode here. So follow us on at Giraffe Champagne on Twitter, and let's get right into it because uh, all of, I, we need some sports back. I can't take any more of this arguing about non-sports within sports. So... I'm relatively new to the NFBC, but I do enjoy the product as much as anyone of you listening. I do understand how to run a business, and I do understand the importance of loyal customers. However, um, you have people in the camp of wanting to refund basically as soon as the season got down to less than 120 games. You have people who want to refund at this stage, and you have people frustrated with the uncertainty you have people who are indifferent, and you have people who just want to play on. Um, the most vocal people are those who want the refund. By far, they're the most vocal. Um, few of them wanted a refund as soon as the season was shortened. A few say, well, enough's enough at 80 or 60 or 50, who knows. Um, some of these guys just probably hate their teams because they drafted Adam Jones in November. Um, but um, that's not everyone, um, and I'm exaggerating there, but uh, there are a lot of good, legit arguments being made, and just because you disagree with them doesn't mean they're not legit. So you got the NLDH, obviously. That's something that's different. Um, it's a smaller sample size. We've known that for a while. Um, pitcher utilization, the values potentially change if the rotation size changes, reliever roles change, etc. A lot of stuff with pitching. Um, the expanded rosters uh, change the value of platoon players, minor leaguers, obviously gain value, and even everyday players change value. Um, will Mackenzie Gore be up right away? Spencer Howard's obviously a hot commodity now, more so than before. Will Mike Moustakis be pinch run for at the, every, at the end of every game and score less runs because the roster's so big? Um, injured players change value. Paxton, Stanton, Judge, well, any any Yankee. Um, and the other thing I hear being said is this is not your home leagues. Very true. Can't argue that. This is very different than the home leagues. So here's a camp I fall into. I prefer to play this season out. With a couple caveats that I'll mention later. Even if I have an unhealthy ownership of Miguel Sano, who appears to be starring in Taken 4 with Liam Neeson um, recently. But, uh, sorry, bad joke. Um, but whatever is decided, I'm okay with that. And I'm not going to get bent out of shape if we get refunds or if we play the season. But um, like I said, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Um, I feel those in the camp of a refund... Um, or in the camp of refund me, are very vocal, trying to publicly lobby for this. And that's just the way I feel. And I feel it's a little unfair to the NFBC um, because I'm putting myself, I'm trying to put myself in all the different shoes, um, putting myself in the NFBC's shoes, putting myself in, in everyone who wants a refund's shoes. I'm trying. And it's put the NFBC in a tough spot, which they're trying to be fair about. 
The NFBC is best to say as little as possible until the MLB and the Frosted Flakes guy and the owners agree on something. However, they have been updating their customers as reasonable. Look, I don't disagree with the fact the landscape has changed for the reasons I just stated and have been exhausted by the usual suspects on Twitter, all these reasons. So I don't want to talk about that anymore because they all make sense and they have all been discussed at nauseum. You aren't wrong. This isn't a true false exam. I can disagree with something that makes sense. And you know what? It also depends on the contest. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Cut line is the hardest to justify a play on approach because what I'm, what I'm going to say is not going to apply to the cut line. Personally, I, those probably need to be front, personally, I think those probably need to be fronted. And also, obviously, anything that hasn't drafted already, like the main events and all that stuff, no one should be obligated to go ahead with anything that's drafted. Um, when you draft, there's sort of you sort of have an obligation once you've done the draft. And I'll get into that a bit later. That's just how I feel. The DCs and the Rotowires, I'd like to see play on. Um, Rotowire, you can adapt, and I love that word, adapt. Um, make moves the same way you would as players' value change every year. So you'll see waiver wire pickups for various reasons, uh, promotions, injuries, coronavirus. Same thing. Adapt to it. Um, yeah, I know there. I know you can. You can argue against what I just said there, but that's that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, the second chance DC should definitely play on, in my opinion. Um, anyone that failed to recognize that the season could be shortened significantly at that stage is short-sighted. Um, I was talking to someone that made the argument that they drafted with an 80-game season in mind. Once the notion of 60 was proposed and this isn't even for sure yet, it threw everything off for him. He said, why would I want to play a 60-game season when I draft specifically for 80 games? My response was simple. Why did you draft assuming an 80-game season when it could have been any length? The point is, from the middle of March, we knew the season could be FUBAR, so proceed with caution. Also, anything... Um, I think I said this before, but anything that's already been drafted, like I'll say it again, you shouldn't be obligated to play obligated to play but you do have a certain obligation once that draft is complete to everyone else and I'll get into it. like I said I'll get into it um, like I said I'll say it again uh, this point is I, I respect the points made to scrap the season I do want to play and I feel the voice of the devil's advocate of the refund demands is just not heard as much so here it goes here's six reasons to play 60 games. First, uh, bear, bear with me on this one. Um, utilitarianism. The argument, and I'll, and I'll get to it, I'll, I'll, come, I'll, I'll come back to that term in, in a roundabout way. Um, let me try and figure out how I want to say this. Uh, the argument to scrap this season because you prepped all off-season, studied, advanced stats, etc., etc., to put yourself above the competition. You're now exchanging all this work and skill for more luck. Well, guess what? You're not the only one that does analysis, does analysis and, think, and thinks they're smart. This is a great theory that you are at a disadvantage with more luck, but this requires an important assumption that you are better than 14 other players at doing this. Pretty cocky if you ask me. The fact is, 
about three of every 15 teams cash. So 80% of the teams will lose. So if 80% of the people lose, adding in more luck actually helps the vast majority of the teams. LOL. Um, which brings me to the utilitarianism theory, the, which is the greatest good for the greatest number of people. I've seen something about giving... I've seen something on Twitter about giving the NFBC money and some sort of GoFundMe or something to support them because you care so much about them. Well, like from what I from what I know about the team at NFBC, they're great guys from every interaction. I've spoken to them numerous times and I really like them. Um, but the best way to pay it forward is to play on. Newsflash. These donations or GoFundMe, they're not going to put a dent into the losses the NFBC is going to incur because of um, giving a refund for the whole of baseball season. The NFBC loses a shitload. Okay, the vast, majority of custom, the vast majority of the customers play with disposable income. I'd put myself in that category. This is their entertainment slash call it gaming money. Um, uh, Got to put that, everybody be careful how you word that, but there's also a good chunk, granted, that invest a lot. I can name them, but I think you know who they are, the usual suspect. That's a different story. I get it. That's different. You're a different animal. Those are the sharks. So let's sum it up. Sum up shutting down the NFBC for the fantasy season. The NFBC loses a lot. Most of the casual customers um, that are in a few contests either lose a a little utility or gain a little because they actually want to play like myself. Like I'd say I'm in more than a few contests. I'm in almost 30 leagues and I still consider myself in that category. I'm not putting myself in that shark category. Um, then the high rollers gain by the shutdown because they're the sharks and they always win with 100% skill. Obviously exaggerations, but you get my point. Now back to utilitarianism. It's an economic theory which strives for the greatest good for the greatest number of people, which I said before. And in welfare economics, this is relatable here because the term utilitarianism is a moral theory where it advocates actions that encourages happiness and rejects unhappiness. Thus, it can be inferred that this philosophy is directed to take decisions, in this case economic and maybe a little, maybe a little political, with the goal to make a better community, which in this case is the NFBC, in this example. Consider two people, in, like this is the example that economists will use, but I'll relate it to this. Consider two people in, a, in, a, in an economy. Call one Garrett, Garrett Cole maybe, who represents the many mass customers like myself, the ones in a few leagues. And then there's another person, Jacob, maybe Jacob DeGrom, who represents a few high rollers. Wherein Garrett is the poor and Jacob is the rich. Therefore, the benefit will rise by taking income from Jacob and redistributing it to Garrett. Now also, in this situation, which is not really um, relatable to these economic theories, there's a third person here which complicates things. Let's call him Max. He represents the NFBC. We already know the greatest good is to take away from the high rollers or the sharks. But when you add in that third party that's going to lose like a hundred times fooled more than anyone, utilitarianism theory says play on. Okay, number two, don't forget, this is, this is gaming. I, this, is a, this is a game of skill, but it's gaming. Don't, ga don't, 
I almost said it, don't game beyond your means. It's a game of skill and luck. There are injuries, there are rainouts, there are extra innings, there are contract holdouts, there are wives giving birth, where you'll miss a few games, there are brawls, there are steroid suspensions, there is domestic violence suspensions. There's also performance that is luck still. As an example, the number of times Acuna faces DeGrom could range considerably one season to the next that we can't really predict. The percentage of the time Kirby Yates faces the heart of the order in a save chance will fluctuate. Performance will also be impacted by factors no one considers in the analysis or preparation. New metrics are developed every year after the season. Thank you, Alex Fast, among others. So all these elements of luck that will impact teams unevenly or randomly should be considered when you assert that the NLDH and pitcher utilization, etc., which are in theory evenly distributed luck, are a reason for a refund. Next, number three. Ha. Victory laps. Love them. Victory laps on drafting early. Victory laps on anything. Players. If you don't get a refund, is your investment suboptimal now? Like, for the people that want a refund. Like, I guess, does this, does this ruin your investment? Well, guess what? I already have a return on investment in the game. So you're taking it away. I didn't draft Adam Jones. I didn't draft Addison Russell or Felipe Vasquez. So what? Well, a lot of, the, a lot of players drafted these guys. You can look at the resources page on the NFBC site. Those guys got drafted more than once. More than twice. Felipe Vasquez was drafted more than a couple times. Um, I already have equity in the game, and it's being snatched away from me if um, the season's canceled, the fantasy season. Moreover, I avoided guys like Thor and Severino for a reason. That foresight that has already yielded me an unrealized profit has been snatched to me. Prove you have ne- Prove that you have negative equity in the game. You may have negative equity, but it's because you drafted these landmines. Oh, but because of the DH and the NL, the way pitchers are utilized? In theory, you don't have negative equity because this affects everyone equally, in theory. Okay, next. Specific players lose value. Mm, so what? This, the Pineda suspension now causes him, causes him to miss the whole season. And guess what? Same as an injury. You got it. You got the same result. A pitcher missing half the season, you expect it to miss 15% of the season. Or a pitcher now misses the whole season where you expected him to miss, I don't know, 40% of the season. This is no different than Severino last year. You don't have to show your work. This isn't long division. You're in a situation where you're missing like half the season more than you expected or whatever, or a different amount of the season. This is a results-driven argument, not how you got to the end. Okay, next. Number five, the luck box drafters. Leads me to the theory of luck box guys winning because they drafted Paxton round 14 or 15 or 16. So people are complaining um, that um, these luck box drafters that are bad drafters Got Paxton in round 16, and now we're going to win because they're lockboxes. This is a bunch of crap. We as, drafted, we as drafters, including these people complaining, set the market price. 
You could have drafted him. 13 other teams didn't let him slip to a ridiculous price for what his risk or reward was at that time. So now he misses less time, maybe no time, lucky break. No different than having a player miss more time or maybe the whole season due to injury. Refer yourself to a shitload of Tommy John surgeries and no refunds for those. Also, a ton of people drafted Paxton in round five in November. Now they're just made whole and bad luck was eliminated. How is that really any different? Okay, number six, early equity. I got into a lot of early drafts in November and December. I love the early, I love drafting for early value. And don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to say that I did a better job at drafting than anyone. Um, I probably drafted a lot worse than most people, but I'm using my experience as an example. We see players shoot up boards in February and March. And everyone knows this. Getting in these early drafts allows you to get these players cheaper than you would than you would be able to um, after all these experts, quote unquote, write up write up about them, and just people start talking, and it just happens, right? Bichette, Biggio, Sano, Lamette, Louis, Robert. I got on Robert a shitload before he signed, and I took a calculated risk. Then he signs, and you get the thrill of the draft even when the draft is over. That's the equity. You have an unrealized profit before the season starts. It's like owning a stock that just went up in value, but you promised to not sell for six months. If the season's canceled, this equity I've earned is gone. Right? So I drafted a ton of Kevin Kevin Cron. Why? If he gets an opportunity, he could be a beast. How could he earn this opportunity? By outperforming his competition, unlikely. By injury, maybe. By trade, or by the NLDH. The thinking is very similar. If he gets a chance, he could be huge. Did I know which one of these scenarios would afford him the potential chance? No. Did it matter? No. Did it happen? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I luck boxed my way into Chrome. And I'll give you a seventh one. Seventh argument as a bonus it's just four words fantasy baseball is fun that's it you know wow maybe i should do more of these myself because uh, instead of two hours this was 20 minutes not even so um that's all i've really got to say um i'm not right you're not right but i just want to give uh the devil's advocate a voice for why you should play on because I feel that people that people that feel the same way as me there we weren't really vocalizing it as much people are like people are saying well okay well, I'm good either way but um, I think um, it's it's um, easy for the people that want the refund to to speak up because they need to they're trying to lobby but I think it's um, you're, you're not going to hear the voice of these reasons. And the reasons I said, you can argue against everything I said. I know nothing, nothing I said is 100%. Like, I know people have arguments against them and legit arguments who just disagree. But um, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's a hard, I don't think it's, well, I don't think it's an easy decision to shut down the season or to, or to um, keep it going. But um, whatever's decided is cool. But um 80 games, 60 games, 120, it's tough. I don't know. But um, we will see what happens. Um, no, no, no reason to stress over it. Um, there's other things to stress about. And um, 
I just want to see baseball this season happen, and fantasy baseball's fun. Baseball's fun. So, till next time, peace out, everyone.